we've been in this time of separation, you know, with the pandemic. Uh, you know, I guess I looked at it a little differently. I, I looked at it. It wasn't a social distancing, but it was a physical distance that kept us away from each other physically. But socially, we, I was still able to engage with others. I was still enable, able to engage with the Holy Spirit. So I was not, so if you're in the spirit, I'm in the spirit, we're connected. We may not be physically together, but we are together spiritually. And so I took this opportunity as God gave this time of rest is what I believe. He just gave this time for us to regenerate, to refocus. And one of the word things that he gave me, he said, this isn't a setback, but a setup. He said, this isn't a, a, a push you back, but this is a move forward. So I took this opportunity to really engage in my father. Uh, and I had to learn some social things. I had to learn how to maneuver Zoom and all kinds of uh, tools and instruments so that I can work from home and do my job efficiently. And guess who was there to make sure that I got it all right to correct? The Holy Spirit. He gave me guidance and he gave me direction uh, because I'm not a social. I don't like Zoom and I don't like FaceTime because I don't like looking back at myself. So I don't like sitting there all hours and looking at myself. But people have been doing it for years. They have been doing it for years. If you got grandchildren that lives in Montana and you got the uh, parents, children living in uh, New York, they use that to communicate with one another. But when it came and said, social distance, boy, we about fell apart. You know, we weren't distanced socially, just physically. And I think if they had turned that word around and made it physical, then we wouldn't have felt like we were in a pinch. But I thank God for that moment, that time, because I stayed in him. I stayed before him. I laid at his feet. I learned from him. And I said, God, this is the best time of my life because it kept me from moving all the time. It kept me from going from this place to that place, but to stay in in him. And I just thank God for that because as I was doing that, he just started to bring something with his Holy Communion that I've been doing for several months with some young some ladies on Zoom. Um, How many know of Joseph Prince? Um, I love him. I love him. I've, I've never been a one to want to go to China, but I want to get to Singapore because I want to meet him. I want to shake his hand. I want him to rub some of that anointing that he has on me. <laughs> I want him to part if you got to do it with the elbow. I don't care. Just give it to me. You know, I want some of what he has because he just, he's fantastic. I just love him. And uh, one of the things that he has been doing for decades is the Holy Communion. He, his faith is so strong in God's communion that it's a way to divine healing. It is a resource. It is a source that will bring us healing in our body totally and completely. And so I've been doing this for a while with some young ladies, a, a 90-day devotional, and we do this every Monday through Friday, and we go through the Word, and we, however the Holy Spirit leads us, sometimes He takes control, and I'm, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit still moves. 
You know, there's one in Cincinnati and, and, and different places, and we're all feeling the same spirit. And we're, and we're rejoicing and we're celebrating, and God is speaking through us all, each one of us, and it's just been fantastic. It's been, and I've been able to keep my video open on me. When I'm at work, I usually close it down because I don't want to see myself forever. But when I'm in the spirit of God, I don't even see nothing but him. You know, I don't even see myself. I just see him. So, uh, so today's title is Celebrating Life. It is a, a divine order by God. Celebrating life is a divine order by God. He won us in John 10 and 10. He said, uh, but I don't want to read about this thief because the thief has nothing to, well, he, well, he'll come in later. But what I would like to say, I come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. He want us to have a celebrated life. He want us to live in the full. You see, we don't want to just give us salvation and, and we're walking around depleted. That our body is, is worn down and worn out. He doesn't want that for us. He wants us to have a life full of his glory, a life full of his healness. He don't want the sickness and disease to be our our best friend, which we're not claiming as our best friend, but they, they come, like I said, like uh, I have arthritis in my knees, and, and God has healed me from that, and the manifestation is coming uh, in a greater way, in a mighty way, since I've been really focusing on the community and communion, and I have said to to the uh, to author and his friend Ritus that you don't have a place here. So uh, you don't have occupancy here. You're not paying no rent. You're not paying no mortgage, so therefore you cannot live in me. And so there's things that we that others are going through in sickness and disease, but I'm here to tell you today, God wants us to celebrate our life. It is his divine order. This is his will for us. And, uh, and I just want to take us back a little bit because we have to go, and Pastor Roe does this so eloquently. I can never match up to him because of the anointing God has on him. But and it all started in Genesis. It all goes back to Genesis. And, and, and I had this uh, friend that I knew for many years when I was a little girl, and he's a pastor now down in South Carolina somewhere. And he was writing a book, and he asked me if I would do an endorsement on his book. And, and everything with relationship is what he was talking about. And he kept going back to Genesis. And, and, I, and I wrote on there, I said, you had me at Genesis. So I can endure, I kept reading because you had me at Genesis. Because that's the beginning of everything. And so, uh, so God is good. So I want to say in Genesis 2 and 9, just to speak of the tree of life, was in the Garden of, uh, of Eden. Jesus is the tree of life, symbolic of Jesus, our healer, symbolic of the fact God was and is the source of eternal life and blessing. Adam and Eve was to be the center, center in him. You know, so we know that with the fall, things got a little discombobulated, but Jesus is our way to the Father. So through the communion of his blood leads us to salvation 
His bread leads us to healness and wholeness. In Genesis 2, 17, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. The moment that... Uh, The moment they ate of the tree, life as they first knew it was altered. Sickness and disease came about rooted in sin. So things were shifted. Things were changed because of that, because of the enemy, because of sin, because of uh, the the thing, the fall. But God had a plan already in place. He said, I'm not going to leave you hopeless. And I'm not going to leave you helpless because even in the midst of the garden where the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there was a tree of life was there. He said, I got the source and the resource to bring you through this. Um, You're probably thinking, well, we know this. We learned this in vacation Bible school. But I just want to ask you, just bear with me a moment as we go through our ABCs. As we go back and lay some foundation as we move forward in what God is giving us this morning. The the song, The Blood. The Blood. I love the blood because it gives us victory through the blood. Our Father knew we would need the Savior, one who could wash us and cleanse us and free us from our sins. But not only did he want us to be free from the debt of sin, he wants us also to be healed totally, completely, from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet. He wants us completely uh, free of sickness and diseases that has stemmed from sin. It it wasn't God in in putting that sickness on us. It was because of the fall, because of sin. The tree of life is an expression of God's love for us. As you know, that's one of my key things is um, that God has carried in me for years is his love. He, I love him, and he loves me, and he loves you. And he wants me to demonstrate that love today, through how much he loves us through his communion. According to John 1 and 14, and as so the living expression became a man lived among us. And that's the passion translation. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, King James. We're still focusing on the ABC, so just be, bear with me. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, the Lamb of God, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He doesn't want us not to perish, that we will not have that eternal life, but he wants us to also live free of sickness and diseases. He wants us to live whole. He wanted us to live healed. How many know when there's pain in your body, you can't move sometimes? When, when there's a, a diabetic, you know, diabetes and, and high blood pressure, and that wears down on your body and the medication that you got to take sometimes over time messes with the kidneys and the liver. And, and uh, my mother, you know, went through that. She was a diabetic for many years. And I have to tell you that it's not also... You know, they look at weight as an issue, but it's not just weight. My mother was very thin, but it was also a hereditary disease. 
And so we have to know and we have to go to the root of that thing and we have to bind it in the name of Jesus. We have to put the blood and the bread of Jesus upon it so that we can move that thing out of us, you know, because I have told the Lord because cancer was one of the things that would debilitate my father's side of the family. My father had cancer. Um, He had a colostomy put on and um, but God was so good to him. He didn't even have chemo. He was in um, ICU for 40 days because they had to keep going back in, taking more of his intestines out. He took only one pain pill during that time. He was in pain, but he only took one because he knew his God was greater than that situation. And so his mother had uh, cancer. His uncles had cancers. And they all went blind after a certain age. And, and so after when um, my dad had that, and he came through that with the colostomy bag. And he lived almost over 40-some years with the colostomy bag. Because God was good. And I, at that time, my sister and I, we got together and we defeated that thing. We said it will not, it will not come against the Coons family, the Clemens family. It will not. And we spoke against that thing. And when my father, because we make sure all the tests were run, when he passed away, he did not die of cancer like his other, his mother and his siblings, others did. He did not die because we declared the word. We said we bind that thing, that cancer. We went to the very heart, the very root of it, and said it will no longer, it will not come against our family no longer. That will not be our signet uh, ring when we leave this earth. My brother died six months after my father. He didn't die of cancer. I said, God, you're good. You're good, but I know there's a greater good in you. I know there's a greater love in you, and I got to get to the source of it. I have to get to the very essence of it because I know that you want to heal us all of every sickness and disease. And I see some are, uh, are wondering, and they're having faith, and they're trusting God. And I said, God, what is it? What is it that we need to be doing? What can we add to our faith? As we trust you for our healing, there's more to this. I, I know that because you, 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 you're God that said you heal. And you said, by your stripes, we are healed. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and we shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. We can look to the heels from which comes our help. Our help comes from, these are established words that have come from heaven and they are in us. So these are established words that came to from God. Through his Holy Spirit that lives in us. So if you say it, I believe it. But I want to see it now. You know, I'm at a place, I want to see it now. I, I, I'm not going to sit back and wander and wait. I want to see it and I want to see it now. I want to see your hand move now. Uh, because there's so many people we've been believing for a long time. And where faith has been strong and and, and, and we've been holding on, and we've been trusting God, and, and I want to see it now. I want to see a sudden move from our God. Uh, as I a quote from uh, one of Joseph Prince, um, here God set the pattern of, no, this wasn't his, this was in the word, another book. Here God, here God set the pattern of true love, the basis for all love relationship, 
When you love someone dearly, you are willing to give freely to the point of self-sacrifice. End of quote. He loved us so dearly. God loved us so that he sacrificed his son. And why aren't we getting the fullness of that? He loved us so dearly. As in John 3.16, he so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. He doesn't want me just to die in sin, but he wants us to walk and live in the fullness and the wholeness of him. Of who we are, we are made in, a crea- in his, their image and after likeness. Jesus didn't walk, he's sick on this earth. And every movement that he made, they were healed. When he said healed, they were healed. And then I go on and I look at Jesus. And, you know, a lot of time we look at Jesus as part man and part God. And so he had this supernatural thing going on. And But then I say, okay, let's go to Peter who was made like me. Who came out of the woman just like me. From a seed of a man just like me. And he was able in Acts, when things got into alignment... He was able to walk and they were healed. Just a very shadow. That's what I want. It's when we walk up in any place, that's the very presence of us, that God, there is healing taking place at that time. So I want to walk like Jesus. I want to sing like the birds. I can't sing, but I want to sing. Because if I could sing, I'd be singing right now because I'm rejoicing in all that he is. If our father loved the children of Israel before Jesus became flesh, how much more does he love us who came after Jesus, who came and died for us? Psalms 105, 37. He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes there was not one and they were going off the symbolic of jesus the passover they 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 didn't have the 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 jesus himself but the 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 passover and not when they came out of egypt not one of them was feeble not one of them carried sickness and disease Not one of them were debilitated by pain and suffering, where they couldn't move or couldn't function. Quote, the Bible also say there was none feeble among the 600,000 men who left Egypt on the night of Exodus. Exodus 12, 37. But when you include women and children, estimated two to three million Israelites were free that night, end of quote. And I want to read uh, from one of his pages here um, of Joseph. Just trying to just bring this home just a little more so that we know who we serve and we know who we are in Christ Jesus and what his communion, his holy communion is for us out of these none out of these none not a single came out feeble 
Think about the backbreaking work Israelites were forced to do and the beating and the whipping they suffered under the slave, their slave master, Exodus 1, 13 through 14. Not to mention the malnutrition from the poor diet they probably had to scrap together and the abject living condition they must have faced. Despite years of harsh and severe labor they had to endure, there was not one who was sick, not one who stumbled, not one who lacked strength and not, or had mobility problems. So if they can do that through the, the, the symbolic before Jesus himself walked the earth and healed and, and proclaimed that to us and gave that power to us through his resurrection, so it's the resurrection power that raised him from the dead raises uh, get, is in us. So we have that resurrection power to speak to those dead things because what diseases and sickness are dead. They're sin. They're, they're, they're death. They're not, they're not of glorious. They're not of, of God. And so we can speak to those dead things, those things that are in us, and say, no more. We are alive. And we celebrate life because it is God's divine order for us to live that way, free from sickness and disease. See, do you think that in the natural, every single one in the nation of slaves could have been completely strong and healthy? Of course not. And among so many of them, I'm sure there would have been elderly slaves as well. So how is it possible uh, the possible, the Bible records that none were feeble. I submit to you that something happened to their bodies on the night of Passover as they had ate the roasted lamb. I believe many among them were weak and sickly before the night of the Passover. But something happened that reversed all the effects of repetitive uh, stress injuries muscle and ligament strains, incapability, work injuries, age-related condition, and infectious disease that could have plagued the Israelites because of the condition that they lived under. Something happened that night that caused them to supernaturally become healthy. The children of Israel were filled with divine strength for the journey ahead that God knew would be long and I believe their youth was renewed like the eagles. Psalm 103.5 and Isaiah 40.31. He's no respecter of person. If he did it for them, he'll do it for us. If he did it back then, he'll do it today. Because he's the God of yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, now I, I, as I wanted to lay the foundation, looking at his love and the life of Jesus in the garden when everything fell apart, life was still there for us to tap into that we can go before the throne. And so as I'm looking, I'm really believing that the Holy Communion is the very essence, the very tool, the very element that we can proclaim our healing and that we should do it daily. That we should make this a part of our daily, not routine or ritual, but daily bringing forth 
and sitting at the table of Jesus. Just sitting before him and communing with him. And also bringing remembrance as as Abraham, uh, as Jehoshaphat did in Second Chronicles, that he, when the the, Amorite, the Amorites and the Hittites and the Hittites and the Yanceyites came against them, were coming up against them, he said he reminded him of his friend Abraham. And Jesus, in the word of God, he calls us, he no longer calls us a servant. He calls us his friends. So we are his friends. And he's inviting us to come and sit at the table with him. And so when uh, Jehoshaphat, he reminded God of his friend Abraham. And he reminded him of the covenant. And he reminded him of the promises. And so when we go before the table of, of, of Jesus, the Lamb of God, remind him of what you said. It's established word. Your word has been established in us. That, is a, that covenant of healing has been established for us. And so we, we're going to now just look at some things uh, here as we get ready to look uh, at the table Uh, The Last Supper was established so that we could walk in the fullness of God's divine order, established in the earth through us, the Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus left for us on the earth. So if you remember when Jesus uh, was telling his disciples, let not your heart be troubled, and he was saying it's advantageous, it is uh, needful, it is necessary for me to go because I will send the comforter. I will send the one that will speak truth. I will send the one that will remind you of all things so that you, me, and everyone, because Jesus, he was powerful, but he was one man. So he said, I got to put my spirit in you so you and you and me, we can give this thing out so that we can walk this thing out, that we can walk through the nations and see people heal. That we can walk through our neighborhood and give the Lamb of God so we can see people healed. So that we can go into hospitals and give this Lamb, hallelujah, present it to them so that they can be healed. And so one of the things as I've been working with these ladies and our theme is this is a move. It is a revolution. We are revolting against the enemy. We saying we won't take you no more. You won't steal from us no more. You will not put inflict us no more. We're walking in divine healing because it's been established through his word in us, through the Holy Spirit, that we are healed. So we said we said, holding up a revolution. We revolting. We saying no, no, uh-uh, no more, no more. We're not going to sit back. We're not going to whine over it. We're not going to suffer from it, but we're going to revolt against you, enemy, Satan. Because we're letting you know the God that we serve is greater than you. The God that we serve is stronger than you. The God that we serve says that I am healed, and I believe it, and I receive it, and I see it now. And so as we've been doing this thing, and and so, um, and the Holy Spirit, and I call us Mary Mary's. We're Marys. One, the first to Mary that carried 
Jesus, the Lamb of God, than Mary, uh, Lazarus, and Martha's sister who sat at his feet. So what, what I'm saying is that I'm equipping Marys who are willing to sacrifice some time as we come together at 8.30 at night for about an hour and a half. We are Marys sitting at the feet of Jesus. That we're saying we're sacrificing our time. We're giving up some things every day so that we can come before you and sup with you. And then we're going to be those Mary, like the Mary that carried the actual lamb. We're going to be the of carrying the Holy Communion, the Lamb of God, to others. So that we can share his goodness. So that we can share the Lamb. That brings healing to all. The kingdom come, thy will be done in heaven as it is in earth. That's an established word. So as we go in and we're going to look at three elements of the Holy Communion. There are three, the grain, the bread, the wine, the blood, and the anointing oil. And so what we do when we get together, we, we do it on Zoom. So I um, sent and get, got them all their stuff, and I got some oil and anointed it and put some frankincense and some mirth in it and everything, and I packaged it up in a nice little bottle and get it sent out, shipped out, books shipped out to ones so that they can be in agreement with me, what God is doing right now in this earth, what he is wanting us to benefit from, that we can walk freely from, and that we can just share with others as we sit at his feet and learn of these things and receive that, and then we can be married that carry the lamb to others. Deuteronomy seven thirteen. Through 15, and he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy wound and the fruit of thy hand, thy corn, the grain, the bread, and thy wine, the blood, and thy oil, the anointing oil, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. In the land which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee. Verse 14. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you. Or among your cattle. He even said about the animals. He loved them so much. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness. And will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which thou hast knoweth, knoweth upon thee, but will lay them upon all of them that hate thee. So as we go into the, the elements, uh, quote, the anointing oil together with the Holy Communion are God's divine channel by which all believers can walk in his divine healing protection from diseases and other evils, and an increase in the wholeness in every area of life, 
end quote. I want to also share, um, as I get ready to go in, I want to share something about the bread of Jesus, the body of our Lord and Savior. As I've been reading and studying, and, uh, and it says right here, you can see from the Masa, uh, which the bread that they made, the Jewish bread, and believe that this is a great representation of the body of Jesus, of what he went through for us. Stripe, because it is by his stripes he bored when, bored when the soldiers scorched him that was healed. Scorched him that were, are, we are healed. So this is a representation of the, the burnt there. It's the scorching of the body of Jesus. The piercing, it says, pierced because his hands and his feet were pierced by the nails. His side was pierced by the soldier's spear, John nineteen thirty four, and his brow was pierced by the crown of thorns, John nineteen two. If you look closely at the masa, you'll see holes in it, representing the pierce that he that our Lord and Savior suffered. Burnt because the fire of God's judgment fell upon him when he carried our our sin. Isaiah 53 and 4. So as I've been, we've been doing the communion and just really getting into the study, the understanding of what the communion, looking at the representation of our Father our, our Lord and Savior Jesus, and what he did. So we used the masa um, for that. Um, also in John um, 56 and 56, he that eat my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. Romans, the blood's talking about the blood, the wine of Jesus here is his blood. I have a communion set I don't, um, that I have at home that one of my former pastors bought me many years ago because I've always believed in the communion. But I said I've been doing the communion, and I do it personally. I don't wait to that first Sunday of the month or when the church is at Easter time doing communion. I believe it's something that we should in, indulge in to do daily if you want to do it through three four times a day nothing wrong with that there's nothing if anything it bring more blessing uh, upon us it's not going to reap anything we're going to reap the goodness of jesus uh and so i have my communion set and my little cups and everything and and my bread holder and uh and i take of that communion each day as i anoint my head and in the blood it's a roman 325 Jesus, God-giving destiny, was to be the sacrifice to take away sin. And now he is our mercy seat. Because his death on the cross, we come to him for mercy. For God had made a provision for us to be forgiven by sin in the sacred blood of Jesus. This is a perfect demonstration of God's justice because until now he had been so patient. 
and, and, and holding back his justice out of his tolerance for us. So he covered over the sins of those who lived prior to Jesus' sacrifice. So not only did he do it for them, he covered the ones before him, the children of Israel. Yes, we know when he died on the cross and he was gone for three days, he went down in Hades and he preached the gospel of the Lamb of God. He's preached the gospel of himself, that I bring healing. I bring internal life. I'm the one who can free you from your sin. And so as we are Mary's carrying the Lamb of God, to first to those who are lost and saying, the blood washes your sin. And the body for every sickness and disease that you've gone through will bring healing to you. And the anointing of God rests on us. You and I have been washed by the blood when we partake of the blood. And so when we take of the communion, when you take of the blood, say thank you. Just give him thanks for doing it for because we're saved. But then when we also take of the blood, think about that loved one who's not saved. Think about the ones in this world who is not saved, the lost. And as you partake of that blood that you say, okay, I'm taking this for those who are lost. I'm taking this so and praying for those who are lost till they can come and sit at the table of Jesus for themselves so that they can take partake of the blood of the lamb. I'm reminded of the scripture in Job 1 and 5. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job was sent and sanctified them and would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offering according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did this regularly. He went before them. So I believe that the word of yesterday is the same words that can be established today. That if Job can go and pray for their sins and ask God to cleanse them, to watch over them until they're able to come and sit at the table for themselves, that we can do it for our loved ones too. I believe that we can do that. We can't deliver them from sin. They have to do it. All of us have to do it for our own. But we can keep them covered. Until they can come in and sit at the table of Jesus. The bread, the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11, 23, 24. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you to do this in remembrance of me. So when we do it, we're doing it in remembrance. But let's not do it. And and one of the things that we learn uh, through this time of our 90 days devotional, 
that we were looking, Jesus revealed himself to us. Like I said, we're on, on, on Zoom, so we're not in the same room, but the Holy Spirit is the same in them as it is in me. And so one of the things we just began to just remember, it's not just, rem- he said, as you do it, do it often in remembrance of me. Not, let's go a little deeper in our remembrance of looking at how his body was ripped for us. How it was scorched, how that the flesh was so torn off his body that you could see the very bones of him. That we could see when he was in the garden of Gethsemane before he went to the cross, he was in such agony. And what I understand that there are people still today that can go through that when you're in such a stressful place and agony that when you sweat, there's like droplets of blood that will come forth. So when he was doing in the Garden of Gethsemane, I can only imagine that he was seeing all that he was going to endure. And every, and every time they saw that image of you and me, that he was doing it for us, the blood was dropping for us bringing salvation to the earth from which we came from, that blood in us. And that we remember it when we look at this, that we just don't do it and take it as a a minute or two thing, but we relish in it, that we enjoy the partaking of it, that we have the songs of the blood, that we have those old hymns that, that wash, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So we have some music, and we're just going through his word with him, and we're remembering the suffering. And I remember, and, and one of the person, and they were crying. I mean, they couldn't stop crying and they were crying, and they were crying, and, and then the rest of us began to cry, and we began to say, okay, God, we took all of this for granted, what you did for us. We began to weep and wail because we did not realize what he went through so that we can be here today, so that we could be saved that so that we can be healed, so that we can be whole, and we begin to repent of our of every sin that we could think of. God, we are so sorry that we took it for granted, that we are so sorry that we walked away from you, that we are so sorry that we turned our backs on you, that we are so sorry that we let this thing become bigger than you. We are sorry when we welled in our sickness, when we cried in, in that and we, and we stopped trusting and we started to uh, put faith in the man than in you, we're sorry because we're remembering what you did for us. And I'm telling you, it has taken on a whole new perspective for us. That I cannot, if I 
think I want to sin. Uh-uh. If I think I want to go to the right, uh-uh. If I think I want to look to the left, no. I'm going to look directly to you. I'm going to stay in alignment with your established word from heaven. The all, Jesus was pressed three times for our wholeness. They said that is a, in order for him to make the purest of the oil uh, from the olive was pressed three times. And I just I want to read a little something from you as I've been doing with the oil. That the first press produced extra virgin olive oil, which was used to light the Jewish temple. The oil from the second press was used for medicine, while the oil from the third or the last press was used for making soap. And so I want to share this with you. Uh, The Holy Spirit revealed to me that each of these pressings spoke of what our Lord went through for, for us at the cross right down to even to the order of their occurrence. Jesus also, Jesus was also pressed three times, beginning in the, in Gethsemane, Gethsemane, the Garden of Gethsemane, which means oil press. Our Lord experienced the first press causing him to sweat drops of blood. See Luke twenty-two forty-four. There Jesus dealt with the power of darkness so that we can be called out of darkness into his marvelous light and walk continuously in the light in this light Luke 22:53 1 Peter 2 and 9 today the light also gives us spiritual discernment and wisdom in our in our everyday concern the second press was for medicine so he is also for our healing took place after Jesus brought from Gethsemane and scorch, his body was so violently, ruthlessly slashed by the Roman whip that his bones were exposed, all to buy us healing, health, and wholeness for our body. Jesus is our medicine because, because by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53 and 5. The, the last press was making of soap for cleansing. Happened at the cross when Jesus was crushed under the fiery indignation of a holy and righteous God because he was carrying our sin and was being punished for them. His blood was shed at Calvary to wash away all of our sins, making us white as snow. Isaiah 1, 18. Beloved, bringing the oil to God and applying it biblically is to reflect on the three presses that Jesus went through for you. It is considering how, like the olive fruit, Lord, our Lord was thoroughly crushed so that you can be delivered from the power of darkness that, tempt, that attempt to crush you with curses and sickness, mental oppression, and premature death. Realize that he went through all that suffering only because he loves you and wants you to enjoy the fullness of all the benefits he has ordained, obtained for you as the all. So in that, so when we do, 
the communion, we also anointed ourselves with oil before we do, before we um, um, do the communion. And so what we do is a study first, um, spending time with Jesus, letting him speak to us, and then we partake of his communion, which brings healing. As I said earlier, we have looked at ourselves as Mary's one sitting at the feet of Jesus, learning of this, and then a Mary's that will take the lamb to others to bring healing to them. As we know that the divine order of God is three, the, the oil, the blood, bread, his number of three. And so also we know that the enemy tries to re- replicate Jesus. He tries to replicate the word of three. So he comes not but to kill, steal, and to destroy three. And so I wanted to reveal a little bit about him so that when you are not seeing the healing manifest right away, that you will still hold heart, uh to the communion that you don't stop, that you continue to do it daily, and that you do it in remembrance of what he did for you on Calvary. And so I want to get to Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 16. And I love this scripture because, like I said, we... We have revolted against the enemy. We have raised a revolution that we're going to take him down, that we're going to destroy him from have in our bodies any sickness or disease that have come to us. And looking at starting with verse 12. And so what I like, I went through this with them and I said, I want to show you. We don't want to learn this when we get on the other side. We don't want to. Learn this when we're in with Christ Jesus. When we look, we want to know it right now. We want to see who he truly is so that we will no longer be afraid, that we will no longer bow down to, that we will no longer walk away from Christ in in the midst of our, our sickness or disease or whatever that you're going through. Verse 12, he said, how... How art thou falling from heaven, O Lucifer, the son of the morning? How art thou cut down from the ground, which did a weaken nation? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And so, like I was saying earlier, he uses the same of God, of things that God, he will come in those things too, to try to exalt himself bigger. And we can't let him see, come in to still kill or destroy what God is giving us because it is God's divine order that we walk in a celebrated life. Um, let's see, word 13, for thou hast said in thy heart, that I will send unto heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also among the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. 
I will ascend above the height of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shall, uh, yet thou shall be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They, and I want you to look at this one, verse 16. They, they that see thee, when we see him, shall narrowly look upon him and consider him, saying, is this the man that the earth, the earth to cause the earth to tremble that did shake the kingdoms? So I want to expose him right now. He's not bigger than God. He's not bigger than your healing. He's not bigger than the the supper. He's not bigger than any trial or tribulation. So what I'm reminded of is with um, um, the Wizard of Oz. When when, uh, Oz, he had that whole, and he looked like he was this big old thing and and everything, and that he was great, the mighty Oz, and and they feared him, and they were trembling. As you've seen, they were falling to their feet, uh, to their knees, and they were running back from him. And, and he made this roaring sound, and he makes it loud. And, and that's what the enemy is doing, too. He's making a loud sound. He's making it so loud that we can't even see beyond that we're hearing what he's saying, and we're not hearing what the Spirit of God is saying, uh, that he is being so loud that the pain, yes, it, it is real, but God is real. He is bigger than that pain, and he wants to exalt that pain and make it bigger than God. But when we take our focus off of that pain and we look to Jesus, I'm telling you, that pain goes away. That sickness may still be there. That arthritis may be affecting. But I tell you right now, when we look at the bigger things, when we look at the greater one, that we don't see how big Satan wants us to see this thing. So I want us to get a clear picture. And so when they went there and Dorothy and the Tin Man and the the Scarecrow and the Lion, the Lion of all people, the Lion were afraid. And there was this little dog, Toto, who ran up and pulled the curtains back. And they seen the man. That was this big, making this big noise with no power. And so that's the way we have to visualize and see him now, not when we get on the other side. So we can walk free right now in this earth. That we don't see him bigger than our situation. That no matter what we're going through, no matter the trials or the tribulation. I, I, I love talking about my buddies, my pals, my friend, the three Hebrew boys. I'm sure when they looked upon that fire, that furnace, and seen the fire raging and roaring and probably making all kinds of crackling sounds, but yet... They stayed firm. They said, we will not bow down to you, Nebuchadnezzar. And we have to know if he's willing, if he, they said, if he do it, great. 
And we rejoice and we be glad in that and we celebrate that because we know who our God is, that he is great and that he's powerful and that he's mighty and he's awesome. And we rejoice in that. But then when we see not it coming forth, but I'm speaking right now because I've been before the Lord and I'm saying, God, we need a right now move. Because we're holding up a revolution. We're revolting against the enemy. And we're taking up the communion. And we're making that a part of our life, our daily devotion to you. Knowing that your blood saved us from our sins. And your bread heal us of our sickness and disease. And your anointing is on us. And so when they looked at that and they, he, and they refused and he turned it up a seven times hotter. And they, and they said, you know, well, he'd be willing because we know he's able. But if he doesn't do it when we want him to do it. We're not going to bow down before you, Nebuchadnezzar. And we have to stand firm in this walk with Jesus. I, I, I can't wait. I tell people I'm not ready to go yet, but I, when I get there, I want to sit under a tree and I want to talk to them because I want to hear the rest of the story. I want to sit with Joseph and how you endured what you did endured when you were put in the pit. How did you feel there when you were left all alone and didn't know what was going to happen to you? When you were put in potters for house, the Egyptian, and then his wife comes to try to deter you and distract you. Then you, when he was put in prison, for all those years, but look at God. His favor was always with him. It was upon him. When we don't look at our situation, when we don't look at the circumstance, when we don't look at the disease in that manner and see God, we, he is with us. He said he will leave, never leave us nor forsake us, that he'll always be right there. When I, I've sat with Job, when everything was taken from you, and you were a righteous man, because he even said he should, no evil, he did nothing against God, but he allowed a storm to come upon him. And he said, naked I came into this world, and naked I will leave this world. Because this is temporal. This is nothing. I can't take it to that eternal home with me. I wouldn't want to take anything from this earth with me. Because what God has for us on the other side is greater than anything we can ever build here in this earth. And I want to sit with them. And I want to hear the rest of their story. Because there's more to their story than what we get in here. This Bible would be so big that we couldn't even carry it. If he came and gave us every piece of it, but he gave this as examples for us to take hold of and to grasp on. I remember I, I, when Mary Magdalene 
And I was watching the movie The Chosen. Awesome, awesome movie. The series. And Mary Magdalene, as they were talking about it, their name was Eva, uh, Lily. Before she came deliver, being delivered. And none of the high priests and no one could deliver her from the torment that she was going through. And as a child, she was tormented. And her father would give her the scripture, I think, out of Isaiah to quote, to decree upon her. And then he died and she got lost in that. And she lived through that tormented life. The priest came and he tried to bring her out. And he had no power. The, the enemy let him know, you don't have no power here. And then one day, one day, because she was a chosen one by Jesus, he stepped in and brought deliverance to her. He told her, your name is no longer Lily. Called her by her, her, her name, Mary. Your name, and she knew right away that there was something about him. So when we look at our before, we came into Christ. And the sins and the things that we may have done and we think it's because we sin, that's why we're still going through this. That's why the sickness is upon it. That's a lie from the pits of hell. But once you're saved, you are delivered and healed of every sin. So don't go back looking at what I may have done to cause this. That's done. That's over. Look at the after. The chosen. You are a chosen one by God. And so then she went and she was able to move around freely. And then she set up the Shabbat, the supper for the Lord. And she had others that came and Jesus was sitting at the table with her. Because he said, I brought you through. So his word has been establishing us that by his stripes we are healed. That he has turned our mourning, our beauty for ashes, and our mourning into joy. That he has brought us through. And so I just wanted to share with you his holy communion and to use that each and every day for your healing and to pray for the blood of Jesus for your loved ones that they will capture that that they will come home and they will come in and they will confess their sin before him and that we can live a transfigured life that we can live a life full of God's glory that when we walk in they see the kingdom of God at hand They don't see us feeble. They don't see us broken down. They don't see us crippled, barely able to make it. But they see the blessings of God. How do they come to him? How did the ones when in the New Testament, Jesus walked, they came after him. He wasn't going after them because they see the power. And so we need to, they need to see the ones who are lost the power of God being moved in us through healing and through the deliverance of him. In Jesus' name. I pray that this was a blessing. I pray that
It imparts something in you. I pray that God will speak volume through the Lamb. I pray that you will be Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I pray that you'll be Mary that will carry the Lamb of God, his healing to others. In Jesus' name, amen. 